The Truth News Network. Threats of more lockdowns, more mandates, masks, injections, fourth and fifth boosters. As we enter our third year of 15 days to flatten the curve, where do you turn for relief from the madness? You turn to the truth. TNN. The Truth News Network. And you turn to Dan Newman. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Hunt Day. It's Wednesday. Halfway to the weekend, Super Bowl weekend. Let me ask you this. Are you going to L.A.? Are you going to SoFi Stadium, the brand new stadium? Well, I'm not going, and I promise you I will be watching the game for a multitude of reasons besides the fact that, of course, it's the Super Bowl, biggest game of the year pretty much in any sport. It may rival World Cup, but a lot more people play soccer around the world than play NFL football. I'm pretty sure you'll agree with that. But it's going to be, as comparison to previous Super Bowls, it's going to be a big watched game because in the uh, AFC Championship, even the the week before, and the NFC Championship, and even the week before, there were some amazing NFL games with amazing finishes, very competitive. And so going into this, is it going to be the Rams? Is it going to be the Bengals? Who knows? I've got personal ties. If you're a regular here, you heard our conversation with Trent Taylor on Monday of this week. Trent's a wide receiver, kick and punt returner for the Cincinnati Bengals. He's from here, grew up here. And uh, his mom and dad and his brother, Trey, are really good friends of ours. He is going to play in that game. And um, he gave us a little inside scoop. If you miss the Monday show, you can always go back and uh, hear that interview with Trent Taylor. All you do is go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Stitcher, go to Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcast, or tune in, any of them. And our show name, as you know, TNN Live, you just put that in the search bar and our show and a catalog of stories will pop up. You can go back and get the Monday one. Listen to it there. It's in the second hour, by the way. So you can jump over the other stuff. Unless, of course, you just want to listen to our show again. (laughs) Hey, guys. I bet I'm going to shock you when I say this. I promise I am not going to get upset during today's show. Um, My heart rate and my uh, blood pressure both went up pretty significantly in yesterday's show. It just comes down to this. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of all this crud that's going on in our leadership, in the nation, or lack thereof. And I think most of you, if not most, many of you feel the same way that I do. It's crazy that we can't just have the structure that we have that's been so effective at governing and living in this nation for 260 years. And our leaders today, who, by the way, every one of them raised a hand, put the other hand on the Bible, and swore an oath to protect and defend the United States of America, and that oath begins at the U.S. Constitution. And then they just thumb their noses at the Constitution, at the rule of law, at protecting us. I'm I'm not going to get emotional. I felt myself going up that ramp. 
We're not going to go there. We're going to talk about some of that. And there's a bunch of other things to talk about. There's $120 million floating around out there that we're going to dive into. And it has to do with Junior. Well, he's not Joe Jr., but he's Joe's son, Hunter Biden. And it's about Hunter with the Chinese. $120 million. It's a big deal. And guess what? Hardly anybody on the left is covering it. Joe Biden is attacking, of all people, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Why? Well, we'll get into that. I mean, they don't like each other, and they both get after each other pretty regularly. But this time, the president is getting very, very defensive. And you know what I learned growing up? If you're really defensive about anything, that means you probably got something sitting underneath the coverage that you don't want to see people get into. That could be the case here. Loudoun County School Board. They are every day being exposed to not being a school board, certainly not being some elected officials elected by the the, uh, voters in Loudoun County. Yeah, they got the jobs there. But folks, they're hardcore left. They are totalitarian, and they're taking those kids in Loudoun County and they're turning them into walking robots, more like Chinese, communist Chinese or communist Russian citizens. Just when you think it can't get worse, it gets worse. But the big 900-pound gorilla in our room today, and we're going to bring it up and we're going to talk about it. We're going to do some reference looking back or these masks that have kept every American from getting sick from COVID, right? They tell us we crossed the 900,000 death plateau, even though we now know that the 900,000 number is not an accurate number. Those um, hardcore leftists, the so-called medical healthcare experts, will tell us, well, you know, there are probably more than 900,000 Americans that have died from COVID because a lot of it is not unreported. The people go to the hospital for something else and they have COVID underlying, but they don't catch that. So it's probably more like a million, two, million, three. Well, the flip side of that is also probably to be as likely that a lot of the 900,000 that have died and been labeled with an official cause of death, COVID-19, died from something else. The sad thing is, the family members, the loved ones of those 900,000 plus, they'll probably never know the truth. Why is that? Because of the 100% politicization, the weaponization of everything to do with COVID-19 for political purposes. It's sad, isn't it? then what was once probably, if not the number one, in the top two or three professions to enter in the way of strategy, in the way of trust, in the way of belief, medicine? We're seeing every day professionals in the medical field, physicians, specialists, surgeons, even some nurses, they basically are just walking up to the table and grabbing a a cup of totalitarianism, Kool-Aid, and drinking it. 
Forget about that Hippocratic oath that they all took. What they're all taking the oath to now is the protocols for treating COVID that are put out by the Centers for Disease Control. And folks, we're finding out every day that those uh, protocols that the hospitals are using, you know, the ones that they will not let a patient or a patient's family member stop the hospital from treating in any way their loved ones. You know, the ones that refuse to allow ivermectin to even be considered, even in the case where the hospital has left this patient up to die. There's nothing else we can do. We're sorry. We've done it all. Remdesivir is on the horizon there. That comes out very early if they even show a little blip in their pulse ox. Oh, having trouble breathing. We got to get them on a ventilator and get this remdesivir going in, only to find out that remdesivir is killing a bunch of these people needlessly. It's destroying kidney function. Well, that's, you know, that's just one of those adverse reactions that some people have. I'll go back to Monday. We had that nurse testifying before Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, his committee in the Senate. And she is a critical care nurse, one of the most well-known and well-thought-of in the nation, as a matter of fact. And when I say critical care, that means ICU, but it also means in transporting very sick and serious patients from one facility to another where they can get better care, more advanced care. Last week, she had to fly a 10-year-old patient of hers to another healthcare facility from where she was. You know why? The 10-year-old had had a massive heart attack a heart attack in a 10-year-old that was otherwise healthy. Well, what happened to this little boy? The day before, his mom and dad gave him a COVID-19 vaccination. One of those after another. We're one of the few that cover them specifically. There are a bunch of people. I don't want to say we're the only ones or we're the best ones. I'm just saying, when you flip on the old cable channels, you know, CNN, MSNBC, go to C-SPAN. You're not hearing any of these stories. You're not seeing any of them. You're not seeing any interviews. And therefore, a lot of people are missing out. They don't know. They don't understand. In your lifetime, I don't know how old you are. I'm 68. Some of you listening in, I'm sure, are older than me, but many of you are younger than me. In your lifetime, you have never seen a scenario in the healthcare industry that looks anything like this. So what is causing it all? What's creating it all? Well, on the political side of it, it's always one thing. Everything points to power. Gaining, garnering, getting more power. It used to be up until the turn of the century, Everything in politics was about dollars and cents. Got to get more money. Got to spend more money. Got to make more money. Got to take advantage of opportunities if you're a public servant serving in Congress on either side or even in state legislatures and in governor mansions around the country. If you've got that title, you've got power. So if you get power, money's just one of the things you can get from using your power. But boy, in the healthcare industry right now, medical providers, 
specifically hospitals, they're getting fat with taxpayer dollars. And it's not just the hospitals. What about the pharmacy companies making hundreds of billions of dollars selling primarily vaccines? Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, and they have only one customer to deal with. Who's that? Well, right now it's Joe Biden. The United States government, you and me, we're buying all of that medicine, those vaccines, and we're pushing it out and we're bragging from the White House almost daily. It's going to cost you nothing. It's going to cost you nothing. Like Joe's pulling it out of his back pocket and paying Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson & Johnson. But I guess the big thing, the big news this week, Democrat governors across the nation have begun canceling mandatory mask wearing in schools. And boy, this is setting the left on fire. Jen Psaki, I'm not even going to get in. We're not going to play a single soundbite from yesterday's White House press briefing, but she's beside herself. Do you know that the, the president and all those that work with him, they are still stuck on you got to mandate kids when they go to school, wear a mask. So this just got in my crawl. It's stayed in my crawl now for two years. And so what we do here and what we take pride in our ability and our commitment to do it is when a controversial subject comes up, like COVID mask wearing, we go find the facts. And when you, here's what I challenge you to do. Don't do it right now. Sometime today, pull up google.com. If you don't use Google for your search engine, just in in your search bar up top, put in www.google.com. When that search engine comes up, here's what you enter. Do cloth masks reduce the person wearing them's oxygen intake? Put that in there. You know what you're going to get if you do Google? I did it last night. I did it again just before we went on the air. You'll get four pages of Google searches And every one of those pages is somebody, hardly any of them, by the way, are doctors, but it'll be somebody that is making fun of people that think there are problems that come from wearing a mask all day. And I mean, I I read one where this guy is a, a runner. And so he took his family to an amusement park, the one in Orlando, the Disney, Disney world, it's Disneyland and California, but it's Disney World in Florida. And they tested their entire family, you know, riding these rides. They were out in the heat. They wore masks all the time. And he measured, he took a pulse ox meter. And they tested their pulse ox, which it also tested their pulse rate, heart rate, and it tested their concentration of oxygen. 90 is the magic number for healthcare professionals. If your oxygen saturation gets below 90%, you need outside oxygen because it's going to directly negatively impact your body functions. You don't want to go there. But let me let me just tell you where I'm going with this. Two years ago at truthnewsnet.org, I don't remember the exact date, we 
the first time we dug in to go find control laboratory, I mean, real professional lab test on masks and its use, mask uses to stop COVID-19, the virus, from infecting us or our wearing a mask and us not infecting someone else by breathing out COVID-19 if we'd been exposed to it. And it didn't take me long to find not one, not two, not 10, not 20, not 30, not 40. I found 47 controlled laboratory mass test results. 47, folks. And every one of them, every one of these controlled laboratory mass test proved cloth mask don't stop COVID-19 transmission period 47 of them I published it two years ago you can go back do a search at truthnewsnet.org and it'll pop up it was so controversial that people kept sending me notes what about this what about this where'd you get that so August the 10th last summer I republished that article at truthnewsnet.org. But I added onto it. You know what I you know what I added? On top of the 47, and I put the links in every one of them. There's a hyperlink there. You can just look at it and click on the hyperlink. It'll take you to the full test. Every one of them, 47. I added 32 more control laboratory tests that didn't retest the mask because it was pretty obvious masks don't work. I'm I'm talking about the science. I'm not talking about emotion. I'm not talking about people that are in healthcare that didn't do tests, but they think there's no problem with masks. And because they have a title of nurse or doctor, that what they think is true. And if you ever question them, they'll, they'll, if they can't turn your thinking from yours to theirs, They'll tell you real quickly, oh, well, don't worry about it. You have your truth. I'll have mine. That's the escape for people that don't want to follow through and prove that their opinions are factual. It's sad to say, but in the healthcare industry, and again, I'll I'll tell you, I've been in the healthcare industry dealing with doctors, physicians at every level for almost 30 years. Most doctors, with few exceptions in my finding, They all think they know better than you, period. Doesn't matter who you are. And in their industry, it's called the God complex. So their default is, oh, well, you know, that's okay. You know, I'm a doctor. They won't say this, but this is what they think. I'm a doctor, and this idiot doesn't want to believe what I tell them, so I'm not going to get into a squabble. And then they'll diagnose and treat things that, many cases, were diagnosed wrong. And then they give you a prescription for stuff that not only in many cases does it not help, it hurts. But it's no big deal because they're doctors. I mean, come on now. I added 32 controlled laboratory tests in the August the 10th story. By the way, it's up again this morning. COVID-19 mask efficacy or lack of efficacy. So there's something new out there in COVID mask land. We're seeing today 
a huge revolt against mask mandates, especially those for our school kids. Parents have had enough. Real politicians have had enough. And it's not just Republicans, folks. Democrats and Republicans alike have watched the horrendous results of mandatory mask wearing on not just our kids, but on adults who for generations took for granted the positive impacts of face-to-face social engagement on a daily basis. We don't even think about it. We just took it for granted. Mask mandates destroyed that. And their tremendous assault on the mental health of everybody, especially our children, created something of a pandemic in itself. So the 32 controlled laboratory test results that I added into the story today are about the problems at every level that happened primarily to our kids just because they're being forced to wear masks. It's got to stop. So if you just joined us, we're talking about facts. We're talking about controlled laboratory tests. We're not talking politics. We're not talking uh, mine is bigger than yours or I'm smarter than you. We're not talking about that. We literally are talking about the science. So I want you to listen to this sentence, and I'll repeat it. I may even repeat it twice. That would be three times. Masks are not effective at stopping COVID-19 molecules going or coming through the mask you wear. Now, wait a minute, Dan, you can't say that. The experts, and you know, experts in this case is always capitalized, capital E, experts, all tell us and have been for two years now, masks are a tremendous assist in stopping the transmission of COVID-19. Therefore, stopping the virus. And Uncle Joe, he told us demonstrably while he was campaigning, I will kill the virus. They've told us and told us and told us, we must follow the science. And the science tells us we should wear masks. Okay, I'm going to repeat and I'm going to repeat it twice. Listen, no, folks, no. The science does not affirm the need for nor the efficacy of mask wearing. And all those who have preached it, weaponized it, forced that on anyone and everyone is not preaching science at all. They are passing around political lies. Wow, that's pretty heavy, Dan. Just before we went live, I looked over and looked at the, uh, this is the story that's up there this morning at truthnewsnet.org. I looked to see it, see if I could see quickly how many people had read this story. Now, it went live worldwide at 1.45 a.m. Central this morning. So there are a lot of people on the other side of the globe that got a jump on the U.S., but over a million people at uh, five minutes to nine o'clock central time this morning and already read the story. And the story contains links to all of these tests that I'm telling you about. The truth is, folks, it's simple as this. There is no scientific data 
that demonstrates in any way that masks will protect us from COVID-19 or any other virus for that matter. Let me repeat it. There is no scientific data, none at all, that demonstrates in any way that masks will protect us from COVID-19 or any other virus. So somebody's sitting out there looking at their computer screen saying, okay, prove it. Well, I'll just simply repeat previous facts published here. Dozens of controlled laboratory tests that have been conducted using masks of every type prove beyond any doubt not only do masks not protect from COVID-19 transmission, but also confirm that wearing masks can cause, does cause, far more bad than good. And we told you about the test we published. And so after this, I'm not going to dig into it. After this, we put the contents of the August 10th, 2021 story that we revised that had the original 47 laboratory test links included. We added 32 other laboratory tests that confirmed the negative health effects caused by frequent mask wearing, especially in children. And I'm going to move on, but before I do, listen, folks, the weaponization of masks to fight COVID-19, that might be the sickest action of the left, with maybe the exception of exposing us all to the virus through the thousands of illegals pouring across our southern border. That's pretty bad, too. We have no idea how many and which immigrants are positive. We do know that 20% of the immigrant kids tested after they are assigned to a facility are positive. Joe tells us to forget about the plague. He is sending throughout the nation purposely through these illegals. Don't worry about it. He won't even address it. Instead, he demands we protect the world by wearing cloth masks again. Masks that don't work. And by the way, $1.6 billion of masks? You know, those ones that he promised, we're going to send out tests. We're going to send free N95 masks to every American. $1.6 billion worth of them. Even though, remember, he's committed, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure the federal government, everything we buy, comes and is manufactured right here in the United States. Oh, he was, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm sick and tired of these countries around the world making all that money off of us and putting our workers, our manufacturing workers, putting them out of business. We will buy American $1.6 billion in order from the federal government, from the Biden administration. And those masks are made and have been shipped from China. Prior to fast, uh, these mask mandates as an alleged preventative for COVID-19 infection and transmission, masks were infrequently worn in hospitals and other medical facilities. They were only used in the OR, operating room, or for visiting seriously ill patients. And obviously, it was pretty plain. In order to prevent infection from spit or droplets into open wounds or to partially protect visitors, from acquiring and transmitting pathogens more dangerous even than COVID. Many doctors and nurses have stated that for decades, if not longer. 
staff wearing medical masks were an uncommon sight in healthcare facilities other than the instances we just mentioned. No studies were needed to justify it since most people understood viruses were far too small to be stopped by the wearing of most masks, other than sophisticated ones designed for that task and which were too costly and complicated for the general public to wear properly and keep changing filters or cleaning. It was also understood that long mask wearing was unhealthy for wearers for common sense and basic scientific reasons. Well, there's been an international flood of lies about wearing masks in order to justify the bizarre and disturbing situation we have today of almost everybody wearing masks in many regions, inside and outside of healthcare facilities, in schools, kids of all age, during sporting events, in churches, grocery stores, in all commercial facilities. While driving and walking, I cannot tell you how often I pull up to a light and there's a guy driving in the driver's seat in the car next to me, nobody else in the car, and he's got his mask on. Or how in our neighborhood, where there are a lot of people that walk and jog, I see people every day jogging, nobody with them, wearing masks. The unnecessary and greatly exaggerated fear during the first few months, two years ago, this pandemic, which would never have been labeled a pandemic until the WHO unilaterally changed the pandemic definition to include much less dangerous pathogens, was manipulated to continue unlike past experiences with similar virus outbreaks. All of a sudden, covid Oh, it's way worse than anything we've ever seen. And every variant, the Alpha, the Delta, and then, of course, Omicron. Every time they have been, quote-unquote, discovered, we're told from Anthony Fauci on down, when they first are even heard of, oh, you got to batten down the hatches. We're looking at universal lockdowns, mass social distancing. We're going to shut businesses down. All of that unnecessary. Biden himself consistently presents numerous outrageous lies to justify the extreme COVID-19 and vaccine policies that have happened on his watch. Paul Elias Alexander, Ph.D., wrote an article published on LifeSite that summarizes all of the most promising and damaging lies that have generated fear. This bevy of lies caused a large percentage of Americans and even citizens of other nations to accept the COVID-19 vaccines in order to allegedly be able to return to a normal life. Included in Alexander's list are the lies related to mask mandates. And so from there is where the list of 47 studies it's kind of like we got to figure this out. We got to get to the facts. So why don't we do uh, why don't we do some research and come up with facts? I'm done with this story. But I encourage you go to the website truthnewsnet.org and the cover story titled COVID-19 Mask Efficacy or Lack 
of efficacy. It's one that you'll want to read. I promise you'll want to copy and paste it because it has hyperlinks to all of the 47 tests on the effectiveness, the efficacy of COVID-19 masks, but also the 32 control laboratory tests that reveal the actual damage to our bodies from wearing masks, it doesn't matter what kind, for extended periods of time. Don't get caught up in just doing a Google search and whatever pops up on the first two or three or four or even the first 30 or 40 things about pulse socks, wearing a mask a long time. Does it hurt? I mean, just think it through. I mean, you've run in your life before. What happens when you run? You get winded. Your body, you're breathing deeper. You're trying to get more oxygen. Your body's telling you, I'm not getting enough. They make your heart beat faster. You get winded because you're running. It's harder for your lungs to have the time when the blood comes from your heart through the lungs to get oxygenated to go out to your body. It's not getting what it wants. Be honest and answer this question. When you wear a mask, do you ever get winded? I'm not talking about jogging with a mask on. I'm talking about walking around your house or walking around your office, the things that we do every day and we don't get winded. If you're honest, you'll say, yeah, that happens to me. Why does that happen? It's only one reason for that. Your body is telling you, I'm not getting enough oxygen from my heart pumping blood through my lungs. I need more oxygen. You ever go snow skiing? Oh my gosh. If you get at altitude, I've been in Colorado. Taos, New Mexico is where we used to ski. And it's not, the mountains aren't quite as high as they are in Colorado. You go up about six, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand feet. You're going to be <sighs> for the first two or three days you're there until your body adjusts. Why is that? Needs more oxygen. Your body does. It wants more option oxygen. It's telling you that. Okay, enough, enough. <laughs> we have plenty more things to talk about, and I want to get right to it. I mentioned Loudoun County in Virginia. They've been the epicenter of pretty much everything to do with bureaucratic educators. I'm talking about union leaders, administrators in Loudoun County, and other other school boards around the nation. It's not just there in Virginia. Loudoun County Public Schools, they have now responded to a bunch of rumors, and I heard them, but we wouldn't tell you about this until we confirm they're true. What are we talking about? Maskless students coming to school facing arrest. I'm serious. The public school boards saying that no students have been arrested for not following COVID-related rules such as wearing a mask. The county did add, however, that it is true students can face suspension for repeated violations of policies implemented in response to coronavirus. And if suspended, students come back to school, they could be arrested for trespassing. They said, and they only said this after they were confronted, They said officials 
tell students who repeatedly refuse to follow coronavirus-related rules, like wearing a mask, may face suspension. And if a student comes back to school property when they're suspended, they could be issued a trespassing notice. This is standard practice and a warning that appears on all suspension notices. That's what the school superintendent, Scott Ziegler, said when he was asked about it. He went on to say that students suspended for defiance of COVID mitigation protocols will not be charged with trespassing, despite saying on a massless student suspension letter that the student can be issued a trespassing notice if he or she comes back to school without permission. And then the usual, a video. Earlier this week, a video containing purported audio from the assistant principal of a Loudoun County Elementary School, it found its way into social media. And of course, it went viral. What's in it? The assistant principal is heard warning parents that their kids who violate protocols will be held in an in-school restriction situation until they're picked up and will be considered trespassing if they return. Until you arrive, your child will be held in an in-school restriction situation here at school. It's important that I point out to you, he said, that they are not allowed on campus on Loudoun County Public School property starting tomorrow. And if they show up, it will be considered trespassing. And 99% of it is about what? Mask, mask, mask. Why are they doing that? We'll get into that. And of course, what's happening now to this administration? Oh, my goodness. Democrats, (laughs) Democrats in leadership around the nation. They're saying, well, you know what? We're going to buck the Biden administration and we're going to remove our mask mandates. And it's happening all over. My state, Louisiana's one, New Jersey, who has got a governor, Phil Murphy, that is a hard leftist in the tank. He's ending the government masking mandate. Something popped out yesterday about Governor Murphy, and I think this is kind of embarrassing. He couldn't cite any data that proved mask mandates work. And he was on the morning show yesterday on CNN. He announced on Monday that he would drop New Jersey's mask mandates in school as their case rate declines, and he went on CNN's Jake Tapper to talk about it. As you know, most states don't have mask mandates for school, Tapper said. Have you seen any evidence that these mask mandates have been necessary, that the spread and mortality rates in states where they didn't have mask mandates were far worse than in places where they did have mandates, like your state, New Jersey. So he's talking to the governor of New Jersey, Chris Murphy. Now, this is kind of revealing. Listen to what Murphy said. There's no question that masking in our schools since the beginning of the school year has been a very smart public health step. I think we've had just over 2,600 cases of student with COVID since the beginning of the school year. That's out of 1.4 million kids. So it's pretty stark piece of evidence, I think. This has absolutely worked. And he said this, but you have to meet the moment. 
You try always to not undershoot the moment and put lives at risk or overshoot the moment and add more stress and mental health challenges to the system. We think this plan of a month's notice is going to get that as right as we can. Tapper, who very seldom comes up with the big hard question. He came up with the big hard question. Tapper asked Governor Murphy, have you seen data that definitely proves that these mask mandates have worked? I mean, the number you just presented are impressive, but are they different from the numbers in states where they didn't have mask mandates? Follow the science. Follow the science, Chris. (laughs) The governor then failed to even give one piece of data showing that New Jersey, his state, fared better when compared to other states that don't have, haven't had mask mandates. He said, well, again, I know Jersey the best, but I'm highly confident, and I'm sure our health officials could say it definitely. There is no question it worked. No science. And what are we, I mean, I've heard that a million times. Follow the science. Trust the science. Anthony Fauci in one a highly combative conversation, public conversation on the air. He said, quote, I'm the science. Of course, he's talking about himself, basically saying, you don't question me. You don't question what I say. Why? (laughs) Because I'm the COVID God. I am science. There's, there's so much more, folks. I mean, we've got some squirrely stuff. Hunter Biden. Oh, my gosh. He's got to be the most protected human being on the planet. Nobody can even look at him crosswise. Everybody's scared to death to even talk about it. Why? Because he's Joe Biden's son. And everybody on the left knows. They're confident. They may not have facts. They may not yet have evidence. But they know where there's smoke, there's fire. There's already too much out in the blogosphere that ties Joe Biden to Hunter Biden in a bunch of different nasty things. We've got that and more right after this. The advanced surgeons at the Center for Innovative GYN Care look beyond quick fixes like birth control to help their patients find the best treatment options for complex GYN conditions. My name is Sakina, and I had the CIGC groundbreaking minimally invasive hysterectomy. I got back to my life in a week with only two small incisions and minimal scarring. Discover the CIGC difference with offices in Midtown Manhattan and Montclair, New Jersey. Telemedicine appointments are also available. Book a consultation at InnovativeGYN.com or call 888-SURGERY. Whether holding down the fort or bouncing back to school, childhood is always in session. So keep feeding us right with sun-made snacks, just like when you were a kid. Remember the naturally sweet raisins? Yup, still delicious. And so are some mates other snacks, like creamy yogurt-covered raisins, sour raisin snacks that taste like sour candy with no added sugar, and some mates new s'mores and birthday cake bites. All delicious, all made with whole fruit. Sun-made snacks. Ten to the ten to the ten to the ten. Ten to the ten to the ten to the ten to the Planet Fitness, through the use of motivating montage music, has made it easy to join. Just remember 101010. 
For 10 days, sign up for $10 and pay just 10 bucks a month after that. Hurry, you only have until November 10th to take advantage of this Planet Fitness offer. Planet Fitness on 42nd Street next to Shopco. Welcome to Staples. Staples guy, my company has like seven different printers. How's your ink selection? Behold, Staples Wall of Ink. Just wow. A huge selection of ink and toner guaranteed in stock. Hello, awesome. If it's not, we take $10 off and ship it to you free. Pinch me. I said pinch. I heard you. New low prices on ink and toner and an in-stock guarantee. Staples, make more happen. In a world of change, one thing remains constant. The bedrock of truth. Welcome to the Truth News Network. Truthnewsnet.org Well, here we are again. Mired in controversy. Digging for facts. Digging for facts. Going into the break, I told you about, well, more seems to be up with the Biden family syndicate. And I guess the driver of the syndicate is always Hunter Biden, but in the background, there's always who they call in a bunch of released emails and email conversations going back and forth. It's all controlled by the, quote, big guy, the big guy. And in uh, Biden circles, everybody knows, even people that aren't part of the Biden family syndicate, they know the big guy is a reference to the President of the United States. So there's some new news out there on the world news stage that uh, we're talking about. A few other conservative outlets are talking about, but nobody on the left, nobody in the White House, nobody will even enter in a conversation about anything to do with Hunter Biden. Nothing. It's just a matter of time, folks. It's just a matter of time. And now... There's been a $120 million deal still hanging out in the air that involves Hunter Biden and China. Hunter Biden and China and a proposed $120 million oil deal. I want to get your thoughts on this, and by this I mean the Forrest Gump of shady international business dealings, of course, referring to Hunter Biden, emails from his laptop reportedly showing that the president's son tried to broker a $120 million oil deal between a Chinese energy firm now under U.S. sanctions and the former Kazakhstan prime minister who has been accused of treason in hopes of pocketing a fortune. You can't make this stuff up, Sean. How can we trust anything the Biden administration does with regard to China when each week we see another bombshell link between this family and the CCP. Former Congressman Sean Duffy, and he's on Fox News this morning. And of course, he responded. Yeah, so when the Biden family is making money off of, you know, Chinese relationships and using the power of Joe Biden, who was given that power by the American people, you really can't trust that Joe Biden or Hunter Biden would put the American people before the Chinese. And I'm so you you covered the story right before my segment about PNG calling out America for racism, but says nothing about China. You want American companies and American politicians. You want them to be patriots. You want them to look out for the American people and their countrymen before any other country. But to think that the Bidens would actually sell out 
to the Chinese to enrich their family as opposed to looking out for the American people. That's outrageous. But now we're seeing with American companies the exact same thing. They're selling out America all to hope, uh, hopefully have access to billions of new consumers in China. And the long play of this is really bad for America, jobs, wealth, freedom. Um, it's cataclysmic, I think. Be patriots. You know, first and foremost, above money, be patriots. Focus on your own your country. country's interest yeah. first before you focus on your own financial. Great advice there by uh, Fox News's Todd Pyro. But I, I think that falls on deaf ears. The Hunter Biden gang. Um, it's all about money. It's all about power. It's all about money. If Just think about this. If, if the Trump entourage was still in power, if Donald Trump was still president, and this kind of news came out about Don Jr. or Eric, his two sons, two of his three sons, can you imagine what would be happening right now at CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, NBC News, The Washington Post, New York Times, what would be happening? There would be a lynch mob standing out in front of the White House wanting to hang them all on the White House lawn. Nobody on the left will even talk about this, which, to be quite honest with you, that confirms its validity to me because if, if they knew or had an inkling that it wasn't factual, they'd be out there defending the president. And... and you would say, well, why would they defend the president? Folks, this is nothing Hunter does is about Hunter. I mean, it's about his life, and he's got a sorry life. He's got all kind of problems in his life, and I hate that for him. But that's totally separate from his father's issues. And we won't even get into that. You know what they are, but out here in the shadows... There's some other stuff that Joe is very obviously involved in, and he has very obviously misrepresented, if not lied, about his knowledge and any involvement he may have in some of the stuff that showed up when the FBI got a hold of Hunter's laptop. And, of course, we don't know all the details. I will tell you this. I've seen some of the contents from the hard drive I'm not going to go into the details because somebody could get after me for looking at it. I mean, anytime you look at something, that makes you complicit, at least in a way, if somebody wants to push it hard. I don't want to go down there. I don't want to be implicated. I didn't do anything. I just happened to look at something. And don't look at your computer screen piously and saying, I can't believe you would look at that. You probably have wondered about some of it yourself. And just simply because of what we do, I'm a journalist. You go after news. You go after information. So I'm telling you the stuff that I saw, it's incomprehensible. I can't believe any man would do it. A lot of what is documented in these videos is illegal. And I mean seriously illegal. Drug use, prostitution. We could go on and on and on and on. And Joe doesn't want to be attached to that. But folks, in your family... When you're a kid, I don't care what kind of kid you have, boy or girl, whenever they get involved in anything that's shady, seedy, and it's a little bit maybe even illegal, but it's if not legal, it's morally wrong or whatever, that impacts you. And you feel like all of that impacts you because why? It's your kid. 
Your kid grew up in your house with your input, with your speaking into their lives, training them. Now, yeah, they go to school and all that. But when all of it comes down, folks, it's us. It's our circle of influence. It's the influences that we allow our kids to be exposed to. That's why there is so much now pushback against the bureaucratic public education system. Parents aren't accepting it, but they would have not accepted it before. But in their busy lives, most of them were working or involved in outside things, and it wasn't until the lockdowns of COVID-19 that they were able to look and see exactly what their kids are seeing and hearing every day when they go to school. And so parents got involved. Joe knows what's going on with Hunter. I guarantee you he does. Folks, he's the president of the United States. He was vice president of the United States for eight years, almost 50 years, a leader in the Democrat Party in the United States Senate. He knows everything he wants to know. Now, in his present condition, allegedly, he is in some type of cognitive decline. So he may not remember a thing or two. He may not remember the facts like they represented when he first heard about them. But through the last 15, 20 years, I promise you, he's known, if he even wasn't directly involved, he knows about Hunter Biden's stuff. Most dads would stop it. Why hadn't Joe Biden stopped it? That's the question that needs to be answered. And there are only two possible ones. Number one, he couldn't. Or number two, he didn't want to stop it. He wanted it to continue. And that would mean there's reasons for him wanting it to continue. And none of the possible reasons can be good. I promise you. We've sat and watched now for some time while Joe Biden has railed against Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida. Ron DeSantis, the the governor of Florida, and the state of Florida, they probably have been in the epicenter of everything to do with COVID-19, at least news-wise, more than any of the other 49 states. Why is that? Because it is a big state. It is sucking citizens from some of the big far-left Democrat cities and states who are running, getting away from their egregious governing that is happening by the blue state governors, principally states like California, Illinois, New Jersey, New York, besides the fact that Florida has a very tax-friendly tax code. There's no state income tax. Same thing in Texas. And Biden doesn't like that. And so when every time during COVID-19, when the lockdowns and all of the mandates were coming out, Governor DeSantis just fought back. He didn't accept what he was hearing from the White House. And that has just kept Joe Biden ramped up. Um, Just because he's the president And nobody's supposed to question him. You know what I'm talking about? Well, that that crosses a lot of barriers. It's not just about COVID-19. 
It has to do with some of the stuff that Joe Biden put out as a mandate. And Ron DeSantis hasn't taken it. He's pushed back on it. So with so much on his plate, he's got one crisis after another, from inflation to Ukraine. You would think that Joe Biden would just let things be in places in the United States that are being very effectively operated, like in Florida. But the president or whoever manages his Twitter account, they saw fit to pander to the LGBTQI plus community. I mean, it seems like every week they add another letter on. Now, it used to be LGB, and then LGBT, and then LGBTQ, and when they added the Q, I got busted. I got nasty letters and emails. I thought Q, I knew it it was referencing a homosexual. I thought it meant queer. (laughs) Oh, man, I said it. LGBTQ, and somebody asked me, what does Q stand? Well, it stands for queer. They call, homosexuals call themselves queer. And when I was growing up, that was a, a nasty, a nasty label to put on someone. What they mean it to represent, the Q, is questioning. In other words, I don't know if I'm male or female, straight or gay. And I, and the plus sign, I'm not even going to go there. I don't have any Q. Anyway, he tweeted this out, pandering to the that community by tweeting his opposition to a bill that's under consideration in the Florida legislature right now that would stop a school district from encouraging classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in primary grade levels. The left have dishonestly dubbed the legislation the Don't Say Gay Bill, fighting for their ability to introduce kids to alternative sexual orientations and gender dysphoria. The media has eagerly adopted this misleading title. I want every member of the LGBTQI plus community, especially the kids who will be impacted by this hateful bill, to know that you are loved and accepted just as you are. That was a tweet posted on Biden's Twitter account. I have your back. My administration will continue to fight for the protections and safety you desire. Talk about misinformation. The tweet was a reply to a White House tweet on the matter, which claimed the bill was designed to attack LGBTQI plus kids. Somewhat comically, the White House tweet said Biden is focused on keeping schools open and supporting students' mental health. Now, you got to keep in mind what's in the background of this. The nation is inching closer to the midterm elections. Democrats are suddenly pivoting in issues like school closures and mask mandates. And that, of course, always happens in response to their own internal polling. What do the people think? The Florida State Senate Education Committee approved a bill, SB 1834, titled Parental Rights in Education. Uh... (laughs) that's a little different. The people's, or excuse me, the parents' right to education is a little bit different than the name that they gave it, right? Don't say gay, Bill. (laughs) The legislation is being designed to reinforce the fundamental right of parents to make decisions regarding the upbringing and control of the children. 
the measure would allow parents to sue if schools violate this law. A school district may not encourage classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in primary grade levels or in a manner that is not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students. That's the language from the bill. John Harris Maurer, public policy director for LGBTQ Advocacy Group Equality Florida. Now, wait a minute. He didn't include all the letters in the plus sign in his title, in that entity's title. It's the LGBTQ Advocacy Group Equality Florida. That's the name. They should, it's it's homophobic for them not to. They, they just put LGBTQ. They left off the I and the plus sign. How dare they? Of course, I'm kidding. It's patently offensive to say that school discussions, even with young children referring to two moms or two dads, parents like those that are sitting in this room that are your constituents is somehow dangerous or inappropriate. That's Maurer, he told the local Fox affiliate WTVT. So State Senator, Florida State Senator Dennis Baxley, a Republican, he is the bill's sponsor, said the bill clarifies the role of teachers in the classroom. Go figure, you have to clarify that. I'm I'm a dad, I'm a grandfather. I think teachers are supposed to uh, um, teach. He also stressed the bill pertains to procedures and curriculum and does not prevent private conversations with teachers and students. Some discussions are for having with your parents, he said. And I think when you start having sexual type discussions with children, you're entering a very dangerous zone. Your awareness should pop right up away, pop up right away that this isn't teaching. This isn't teaching. And this whole mentality among the educators in public schools, every level. I mean, we're talking about primary. We're talking about first, second, third, fourth, fifth graders. They want to talk about gender, gender identity. You know, I mean, that's like, it's okay for a pig to think it's a horse. And we're supposed to treat it like it's a horse. Why? Because he thinks he's a horse. In the real world, folks, facts matter. Facts matter. Now, there is a 900-pound gorilla in the room that nobody's wanting to talk about. I mean, literally, folks. And it has to do with a bunch of death. When I say a bunch of death, folks, I mean a bunch of death. And it has to do principally with those that live in one demographic in the United States. People are dying at a never-before-seen rate. And they're dying not from COVID-19. What are we talking about? I'm going to dig into that for you next. This is eye-opening. Don't go away. Real truth, real news, TNN, the Truth News Network. The I'm crazy hungry, so she's got to be too. Slide through the Mickey D's drive-through to get a Big Mac. Right after I order her quarter pounder with cheese, because I don't know everything, but I do know what my girl's feeling hangry meal. Get it at McDonald's when you buy one of your faves, like the Big Mac, quarter pounded with cheese, 10-piece chicken McNuggets, or filet of fish, and get another for just a dollar. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Valid on item of equal or lesser value. When it comes to online meetings, you're crushing it. 
But if you want to crush something that's a little more fun, why not play Best Fiends, the five-star rated puzzle game? Best Fiends is loaded with challenging puzzles that are so much fun, and you're never accidentally on mute. So take a stress break with the cutest characters on the planet and download Best Fiends for free from the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Play Best Fiends. Download free. This is the sound of regular water droplets. This is the sound of vitamin water droplets. Regular water. Vitamin water. Regular water, vitamin water. Hey, come on now. Vitamin water. It has vitamins, but also parties. Juice drinks, sodas, and sports drinks are loaded with added sugars and calories and have little or no nutritional value. Sugary drinks can destroy teeth. Cause obesity and lead to type 2 diabetes. Sugar bites. Protect your kids. All the sounds of the 70s. Music was way different, 60s and 70s. Great lyrics. Even if you didn't like or agree with the words, the lyrics, the music was good. And you could hear all the words. <laughs> hey, this big news stuff that we're talking about, it, 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 really, it really is interesting. And it is dangerous. Um, during the break, I flipped over and I lost story that I was talking about. Let me, let me just give me, just give me a second. Just give me a second. I'm going to get to it. How's everything going for your, you and your week? Um, can you believe that we're almost to mid February? Just a note for you. TNN Live's going on the road this weekend, not to the Super Bowl. We'd love to be going, but we're going to uh, Nashville. We'll be on the road, and the show will be on the road live Monday and Tuesday. Uh, we're not going to miss anything, but we may have a guest, a special guest, maybe even two. So just make a note in your calendar. Don't miss Monday and Tuesday's show. All right? We've been watching for weeks here at Truth News Network, looking at other nations, that, uh, you know, I, I think as good as we are regarding everything to do with healthcare, and we're, I think, the best in the world, we're a little bit slow at getting information to the public about all things to do with healthcare, including specifically COVID 19. So while we're watching the details that are coming out of Europe and Asia about all things COVID 19, Canada, and the UK slash Wales both have reported a big jump in annual death rates, specifically among 18 to 49-year-olds. And they, they brought those facts out, stats out in October. Health officials in, in those new nations, those nations, 
haven't been shy to state the obvious. These shots, these vaccine shots, are killing some people. Since the CDC is usually three to four months slower than the other countries, we haven't seen any data that the mortality rates have jumped up here in the U.S. I mean, it was in the U.K. and Wales came out on October. Here we are, November, December, January, February. That's five months. We've been watching, seeing what happens. Well, guess what? The numbers are out. Now, you didn't hear about this in the New York Times or the Washington Post or ABC, CBS, NBC. Certainly not CNN or MSNBC. But it's out now. The CDC finally got around to publishing some new numbers that catch us up through October of last year. And guess what? We've seen the exact same spike in death rates among 18 to 49-year-olds that they saw in Canada and the UK. And the deaths, the additional deaths, are not from COVID-19. In the previous 12-month period, the death rate jumped by 40% in that age group, the exact same rate as in the other countries tracking this phenomenon. In other words, from January 1 to October 31st of 2021, compared to the exact same demographic in the exact same time frame the previous year. It's up 40%. But unlike the UK and Canada, no public health officials or politicians here are even willing to come out and state the obvious. And the obvious is, if it ain't heart attacks, if it's not drug abuse, if it's not overdoses, what could it possibly be? It's not COVID-19. It's got to be from the 900-pound gorilla in the room, which is vaccinations. Multiple states have now quietly launched investigations to try to determine why 40% more people in that age group suddenly started dying last year. Huh, big mystery, right? What could possibly have been different in 2021 compared to 2020 and 2019 and 2018 and so on? And the 40% increase is a nationwide average. What does that mean? Well, it's much higher in some places. Here are some of the increased mortality rates in a number of different areas around the U.S. Washington, D.C. It's one of the most heavily vaxxed areas in the country. Just this past weekend, the D.C. mayor's draconian brand new COVID passport rules went into effect. People aren't allowed to leave their homes without their COVID papers. The death rate among 18 to 49-year-olds in D.C. increased by 72% in 2021, with none, not one of the excess deaths attributed to COVID. In Texas, the mortality rate jumped 61%, about half of the excess deaths attributed to COVID. In Florida, the mortality rate jumped 51%, half of the additional deaths attributed to COVID. In Nevada, the mortality rate jumped 65%. Only 36% of the excess deaths attributed to COVID. Other states, Arizona up 57%. Tennessee, 57%. California, 55%. New Mexico, 52%. Louisiana, right here where I am, 51%. New York, up 29%. So there are several states that are quietly investigating this jump in mortality rates among the prime working age Americans. 
Nobody's yet willing to come out and state the obvious or even give us another option to consider. State health officials will only go so far as to say they are investigating. For example, somebody at the Texas Department of State Health Services courageously told the Epoch Times this, we'll get back to you. (laughs) Some states are saying that perhaps the big jump and death is due to fentanyl overdoses. Fentanyl's not an unreasonable hypothesis. It is. We've had a wide-open southern border with Mexico for the past year, and the drug, fentanyl, is pouring in. Last year, folks, enough fentanyl was captured coming into the nation at our southern border to kill every one of us seven times. But if fentanyl overdoses are the main cause, then why did Canada and the UK see an identical 40% increase in the death rates for 18 to 49-year-olds? They don't share an open border with Mexico. By comparison, Americans in the 50 to 84-year-old range only saw a 27 increase in deaths. 77% of those deaths had COVID listed as the cause of death on their death certificates. That's about what you'd expect to see in that demographic since the virus is really more brutal the older you get. Eventually, the data is going to be published and we'll finally catch up with the reality of this. When that happens, a lot of people are going to finally realize these COVID shots really are dangerous far more dangerous than we've been told. And of course, you know that anybody that says they're dangerous is a conspiracy theorist. These shots should have been pulled from the market a year ago. There's never been, listen to this, in medication and U.S. Federal Drug Administration FDA approval process, there's never been any medication that the FDA approved that had any kind of direct death numbers included in it that are even close to those of the three vaccines combined. Another story we published here, we we gave you the names of every FDA drug that had ever been approved that had been withdrawn, the FDA approval, and the reason and the deaths that resulted and they're being pulled. The VAERS report that comes out and has come out every Friday since 1993 that documents the number of adverse reactions, not just deaths, but adverse reactions of all kinds from drugs, vaccines of every kind. All of them rolled in. Just those adverse reactions... In this case, we're talking about death. So the adverse reactions resulting in death from the vaccinations surpassed the entire number of what happened since 1993 till the beginning of this year, 30 years. The excess death rate for these 18 to 49-year-old in total just for last year through October is 16 times higher. If it quacks and waddles, it's a duck. 
And folks, the duck is quacking and we're not getting any answers. And our experts in medicine aren't stepping up to the plate to help us out and to understand it. Most of this, folks, most of this, I can't even come up with a number percentage-wise, but a huge majority of all of this is coming through the southern border. We don't have any idea. They tell us we had 2 million accosted coming into the nation last year, 2 million across our southern border. We have no idea how many gotaways there were. How much disease came with them? How much fentanyl and other addicting illegal drugs came through with them? How much did we catch? And we've just told you enough fentanyl came in to kill every American in the United States seven times over. That's what we caught. How much more came in? The source is China. That's where it's originating, the fentanyl. 1,100 tons. Think about that, 1,100 tons of just one illegal drug. Attorney General Bronovich from Arizona has decided to run for the U.S. Senate, but he weighed in on exactly what's going on regarding the southern border. And because the Biden administration looks like they're not going to do anything about it, what else can be done? Well, okay, we know there's no enforcement at the southern border for the most part. And now they're talking about, you know what? We're going to do this pilot program. You're going to be under house arrest in Houston and in Baltimore. There's not going to be any enforcement of that. Yeah, it's it's obvious that the Biden administration is systematically trying to not only dismantle ICE, but essentially eliminate our entire southern border. And the taxpayers, hardworking middle class taxpayers, are going to subsidize this progressive left social experiment. And unfortunately, it's going to be all of us are going to pay the cost and increase crime and increase drug addiction and really um, destruction in our inner cities. Sure. Uh, the proponents of this say if we do it this way, this house arrest thing, it would only cost us six to eight dollars a day versus one hundred and forty two dollars per migrant when they're in a detention facility. But when you look at the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of migrants who have come across, Mark, where's that money coming from? Yeah, well, ultimately, the cartels are enriching themselves and the gangs are prospering as a result of the failed Biden administration policies. And so, you know, they, this is what they do in D.C., right? right? They throw out this number and that number. And, you know, it's all a bunch of malarkey, as Joe Biden would say, because the reality is, how do you put a price tag on 100,000 Americans dying last year from drug and opioid deaths? How do you put a price tag on the increase in violence and how people don't feel safe anymore going to the malls or sending their kids to schools? And so it's the job of the federal government, the Biden administration, to secure our border. And if they won't do it, then the states are going to have to do it. Because make no mistake about it, when you have literally millions of people entering the country illegally, that is going to be a huge cost us. The Biden administration has incentivized and decriminalized people coming across here legally. So I say, if you want to save money, let's start by enforcing the law. Let's 
deport the more than 1 million people deportation orders. Let's pro stop providing welfare and social benefits to people that have entered the country illegally. That's actually the case I'm going to be arguing right. with the U.S. Supreme Court later this month. So there are things that the government should be doing they aren't doing. So it's just kind of head-scratching sure. to think that they're all coming up with ways to accommodate people that have broken the law. Let's start with enforcing the law, and then we can go from there. And at the core of the law is the U.S. Constitution. And you have read yes. the Constitution, and you have determined, and you're the first person who has done this, you read the Constitution and you realize, wait, what's going on on our southern border, all these people from other countries coming in, that's an invasion. Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, when you have not only more than two million people coming into this country illegally, we know that there are also tens of thousands of gotaways. We know the cartels are making millions of dollars every day, enriching themselves and empowering themselves as a result of the failed Biden administration policies. Our communities are more dangerous. We see homicide rates going up, crime rates going up. We see a record amount of fentanyl flooding into this country. The price of methamphetamine is dropping. So Americans are dying. Make no mistake about it. The cartels are at war with us and they're using chemicals and drugs or precursor chemicals supplied by China. They are at war with us. And the sooner the Biden administration and his enablers in Congress like Cartel Kelly and Chuck Schumer realize that, the safer America will be. Well, let's see when that happens. It's not even worth talking about anymore because it's almost been normalized. They're not going to enforce federal immigration laws, period. And so what are we going to do? Well, we can't do anything. He's president until 2024. Oh, my gosh. You mean we've got three more years with this guy in charge? Well, I mean, even if they impeached and removed him in the House and the Senate, if the Republican Party wins back the House and the Senate this November, even if they impeached him, and even if the Senate removes him after they try him for the impeachment charges, who's going to replace him? Kamala Harris? Oh, my gosh. The vice president would be the one that would assume it. And then if she was impeached and removed, who would be the next person? Nancy Pelosi, the House Speaker. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There's no good answer for this. Well, there is a good answer. But is it an option for us to go get this answer and implement it? The answer is start enforcing federal laws, not just immigration laws, but every federal law that were constitutionally passed by the only place that can make laws, the United States Congress. Mr. Former Vice President, Mr. Former Senator Joe Biden, who's now president. You swore an oath to enforce the laws. You're not enforcing the laws. In fact, your guy... Alejandro Mayorkas, DHS secretary, he's purposely telling Border Patrol, don't enforce the federal laws. ICE agents, don't enforce the federal immigration laws. And just wave these people on through because the American taxpayers are going to subsidize them. We're going to give them paid vacations to a town or city across America that they want to go to. They're here illegally. We're not going to test them for COVID. Oh, that's not what we're going to do. That would cost money. We're going to let the NGOs and people in the towns and cities that we ship them to in the middle of the night that nobody knew they were coming. We're going to let them pick up the tab, the tab for these illegals. That includes housing, health care, living cost, all of the above and much more that we are going to pay, knowing full well that on the Democrat Party agenda 
is a way to find to make every one of these illegals U.S. citizens, which comes with the right to vote. And, of course, it'll be the Democrats. The Democrats got us here. So we've got to vote Democrats. What did I tell you at the front of the show, those of you that were here? It's all about power. It's no longer about money. Yeah, there's always money involved, but if you have all the power, you get all the money and everything else, right? That's where we are in this conundrum, folks. And under Joe Biden, it's not going to change anytime soon. And in the middle of all of this border stuff, guess what just came to light? Mexican authorities found a brand new killing field in the border state of Tenopolis being used by cartel gunmen to incinerate their victims. Can you believe this? This is a not a third world country, Mexico. This discovery comes at a time when the federal government's been unable to stop our raging cartel violence and forced disappearances on this side of the border, but also on the other side. This all came to light in Jimenez. Jimenez, it's got the J that's silent. Jimenez, a rural community northeast of the state capital, Victoria. During the discovery, authorities found five vehicles, a tractor-trailer with fuel remains inside, and signs of the location having been used as a camp by a drug cartel. At the camp, authorities found several charred bone fragments consistent with the incineration of victims. The samples are expected to undergo testing. Authorities didn't disclose how long the killing field had been in operation. I doubt if they even know or how many bodies are believed to have been disposed of there. According to state authorities in Mexico, one of the vehicles found at the cartel extermination site is believed to be one that was used in a kidnapping over this last weekend. A group of gunmen kidnapped a motorist in Victoria, not Texas, Mexico, and then clashed with state authorities in a series of shootouts. The violence in that area, Ciudad Victoria, comes at a time when the Gulf Cartel has been trying to take over areas that were controlled by their rivals with the Cartel del Noresti faction of Los Zetas. The reignited turf war has led to several murders and gun battles in the central part of the state. So folks, we're not dealing with rampant, occasional time and evil. This is a huge industry. Illegal drugs in Mexico, of course, but it's even better than that. They step it up a notch every 30 days or so. We've got sex trafficking. We've got human trafficking. Now they're enticing people from all around the globe to come to Mexico. They've got China shipping tons of fentanyl and other illegal drugs to Mexico to the cartels who are distributing for the Chinese Communist Party all these illegal drugs across the United States, across our southern border, and we've got a president that he says he's going to work on it. He assigned Kamala Harris to fix all of the causes of this mass illegal immigration and drug running that comes across our southern border, but she doesn't want to do it, made it very clear. Nobody's working on it. And the people, the pros at our southern border that signed on to do this professionally, they're being pulled off the job every day by 
the Joe Biden appointed Secretary of Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas. I've said it last week. I'll say it again today. Impeachment proceedings need to be begun immediately against Alejandro Mayorkas, also Christopher Wray, director of the FBI, and Joe Biden, all three. They have all three egregiously violated the rules in the Constitution that govern the reasoning and gives Congress the permission to begin impeachment proceedings against an elected official, or in this case, two appointed officials that were appointed by the president. It needs to happen. It needs to happen. So what else is helping? Well, we've got Olympics going on. U.S. Olympics happening in China. I've not watched a single moment. I made an oath, took an oath, gave an oath that I wouldn't watch any because it's China. They're exterminating people, folks. They're exterminating people, Uyghurs, for religious purposes. They're harvesting their organs and just leaving them laying around to die. Seriously. It's proven. It's documented. It's happening. It's been happening, and they're not going to stop it. Not only that, look at what the NBA has done. They've gotten into the bed with the government of China, Apple, Nike, other big corporations headquartered in the U.S., They're using slave labor of children to produce their products, shipping them to the United States, paying those people, those kids, pennies on a dime to do the work. It's all about the money. The love of money is the root of all evil. That's all been going on. It will continue to go on until somebody with some fortitude will step up and say, enough is enough. On Friday's broadcast of Cavuto Coast to Coast on Fox, Representative Brian Mast, who's a Republican from Florida, he said on the show that Speaker Pelosi's advice that American athletes competing in these Winter Olympics should avoid upsetting China. She actually told him that. Don't speak out and take a chance of upsetting China. Representative Mass said her saying that is the definition of the weakness that is taking place not just in the U.S. but across the West right now. And that we're Americans. We don't go and turn tail and run and hide in a corner and start crying when somebody threatens us. We own it. We look them in the eye and we give them a size 10 in the backside. Mass said Speaker Pelosi is right and she's wrong at the same time. She's right in saying There might be Chinese threats that take place if you speak out against the Communist Party there. But we're Americans. We don't go turn tail and run. We own it. If our athletes want to represent America and our democratic values, then that's exactly what they should do on the world stage and say, listen, China, we're going to stand up against what it is that you're doing at a communist country. We're not going to stand for your hacking, your IP theft, your slave labor, and everything else that you do as communist. And he added that Pelosi didn't tell China not to harm our American athletes because she is the definition of the weakness that is taking control in the West right now. You go back to the last segment, you think about what's happening with cyber hacking, cyber terrorism, and other things. 
That's the same way that Pelosi is looking at those kinds of issues. Hey, we don't want to incur the wrath of the Chinese instead of looking at it as an absolute and saying, listen, if you hack one of our companies or one of our government agencies or anything else and you used a satellite to do that, we're going to knock that satellite out of the sky. If you use this piece of infrastructure to do it, we're going to make sure that piece of infrastructure is terminated. They don't have the ability to stand strong in the face of China. She's doing the same thing with policy that she's doing with the Olympics. Finally, finally, someone, a politician, stands up for what's right. That's Representative Mast. It's not House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. And even downstream from there, at the state level, at the city level, leaders are just turning their backs on doing the right thing, the thing that they all promised their voters when they were campaigning in their respective states. I'm talking about governors, members of state legislators, mayors, city council members. They'll say anything to win a vote, to get elected, because they want that power. And then after they're elected, in most cases, they just walk away. Oh, I was just I was just doing politics. And then when anything goes wrong, the norm has become deny and deflect. Deny and deflect. Don't ever accept responsibility. Don't ever agree with anybody that says, hey, this is bad, this is wrong. Deny and deflect. I've never seen it so obvious as happened yesterday with Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. As you know, crime, violent crime in Chicago is off the charts. I haven't looked at the world statistics for violent crime in cities around the world, but I will guarantee you Chicago's in the top five or six. It's become normalized every weekend. You have 30, 40 people shot, 10, 15, 20 people killed every weekend in Chicago. And people there and people around the nation have been screaming for the mayor to take control of the law enforcement debacle there. It's not coming through the law enforcement department, the police department. It's because Mayor Lori Lightfoot has handcuffed them. She's blown it up. She's gone soft on crime from the very beginning, and no one should be surprised that's what she campaigned on. But yesterday, she was confronted about the ramp-up, the serious ramp-up of carjacking in Chicago and why it's happened and escalated so quickly and the causes for it. Now, you're going to love this. She's got it figured out. Listen to Mayor Lori Lightfoot explain what's caused this massive crime wave in Chicago. There was a uh, correlation that we believe between remote learning and... um, and the rise in carjacking. Look, we started seeing this rise in cases um, in 2020, and I'll be frank and say, um, in Chicago, um, there was a uh, correlation that we believe between remote learning and um, and the rise in carjacking. Um, having talked to state's attorneys who were dealing with these cases in juvenile court um, and others, a lot of parents went to work during the day thinking their teenagers were logged on for remote learning only to find something else. And I asked, you know, is there some new market 
uh, for stolen cars? And unfortunately, the answer was no, that for many of these kids, who, some of whom had no prior involvement in the criminal justice system, this was um, pure boredom. But we're way past that point now. And we've got to bend the curve on this issue. Can you believe the mayor of Chicago actually came out and blamed the carjacking problem on the fact that there were lockdowns which closed schools from in-person education and kids are having to do online schooling? Now, I don't have the numbers. I can't say she doesn't know what she's talking about. I can't say she was lying. But what I can do, you know, Chicago's a big city, but it's not the biggest. It's not the second biggest. It's the third. Los Angeles, New York. It's New York and then Los Angeles, I believe. LA's getting close. But the top three of the top three, Chicago's number three. There's a bunch of people there. Why in the same thing happening at these other big cities? Well, I can tell you why. Those other two, L.A. and New York, they have serious law enforcement problems. Criminality's gone up everywhere across the nation. But why aren't they all identical? Why isn't it cookie-cutter New York, L.A., and Chicago when it comes to carjacking and other serious crimes? Because, as the mayor of Chicago said, they're bored. They ain't got nothing to do. So, hey, let's go, let's go grab our illegal guns and go carjack somebody just to have a fun time. What you just heard was the definition of a politician that is denying and deflecting and refusing to take responsibility for her policies, her government, what she's put in place as she's been the mayor, and even the people she's put in her administration when she's been there, and her ignoring her very own oath of office to serve and protect the people of Chicago, period. It's amazing how many people in very powerful positions today refuse not only to accept accountability for the mistakes that they make, but they won't force those who work for them to take accountability with repercussions, whatever they may be, for mistakes that they make on their job. So nobody's taking accountability. And in the middle of all of this, hundreds of carjackings are taking place in Chicago every couple of months. Hundreds of shootings are happening in Chicago over the weekends, every week. And people are dying. And Lightfoot has the chutzpah to say that even carjackings, the reason, the principal reason it's happening is because kids get bored at remote learning. I can't, I just can't, I can't believe it. It can't be true. Long live the courageous. The tenacious. The ones who push forward give back long live the greater good the helping hand those who fall and get back up and long live the truck with the strength to overcome 
the will to outwork. And the commitment to outlast them all. Ram. Proven to last. We're here asking people from all over what they think of lifting green tea. Let's hear what people from Texas have to say. Mm -mm. How about China? Mm. Germany? Mm. How about people from the North Pole? Mm. Or Mars? <laughs> it, what about mimes? Oh, right. People with their jaws wired shut? Oh. Yeah, a barbershop quartet. Oh, you guys are great. How about race car drivers? Mm -hmm. it, what about you, high school glee club, here on a field trip? Well, that settles it. It sounds like everyone loves the taste of Lipton green tea. With its protective antioxidants from real tea, it's not just good for you, it's mmm to you. Lipton tea can do that. Locked and Loaded with Truth Ammo. Taking aim at the problem, it's Dan Newman. Well, Locked and Loaded with Truth for Ammo. That's not the case so much in Chicago, is it? They got the real thing. 9mm, 40 caliber, shotguns, you name it. They got it going on up there. We're running out of time in the show today. There are some things that I really want to jump on that include China. Microsoft, Intel... GE, all three, provide direct support to the Chinese military and other state security bodies. Eight major U.S. tech companies have business links to the Chinese military and their security apparatus. In their endeavor to capture Chinese markets and boost their bottom lines, American companies have increasingly supported Beijing's military modernization surveillance state, domestic securitization, and attendant human rights violations. This is in a report from an advocacy group, Victims of Communism. It looked at the activities of those eight companies in China. They are Amazon, Apple, Dell, Facebook, GE, Google, Intel, and Microsoft, looking for business links that may directly or even indirectly support China's state surveillance, military modernization, and human rights violations. All of the companies that were looked at in the report have a checkered history of business dealings with state-owned corporations. Of all of them, though, the report found that GE, Intel, and Microsoft, all three provide direct support to either the Chinese military or state security organizations. It's no secret that American companies are supercharging the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. Establishment media has hinted at the prevalence of business deals favoring communist authoritarianism for years. The new report does, however, add some new details to just how bad this trend is. The companies involved are reported to have helped the CCP implement its militarization of Chinese society at the very highest levels. Apple and Intel leadership, both companies, have met multiple times with top brass at the Ministry of Industry and Information Technology, which is a leading Chinese state entity that is charged with implementing Beijing's military civil fusion strategy. It 
channels technological innovations developed or acquired in the private sector toward the military. Under this strategy, all civilian technological development is encouraged to also serve a military function. That's a nice way to put it, encouraged. The Chinese government doesn't encourage any company to do anything or not to do something. They tell them to. And when I say, do it, and they don't do it, if they're lucky, they go to a concentration camp. If they're unlucky, they're killed. Seriously. That process presents a real problem for any company that is engaged in technology development or research over in China. For companies that are partnering to develop technologies with military corporations, the threat to the U.S. as well as to Chinese civil liberties is even more severe than first thought. Partnerships with Chinese regime entities that support the PLA and state surveillance efforts are far from rare. And in this report, it details a bunch of them. Again, the name of that agency. Write this down. Go take a look at it. It's called Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation. Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation. Look at that story. It'll blow your mind. And by the way, we found out last night doing some research China is developing the world's largest bio-database. Biological data is what it's referring to. And once they have access to your genetic data, it's not something you can change like a pin code. So they're pushing hard to dominate the bio-economy. The Chinese Communist Party is compiling a massive database of medical, health, and genetic information from people around the world, including us. The Communist Party of China enlists the help of private companies to aid in gathering genetic data, which can be combined with top military supercomputing capabilities to discover genetic weaknesses in a population in any country or any segment of any country. Bioweapons can then be developed, which prey on these weaknesses. As part of this military-civil fusion policy, those Chinese scientists, along with their military counterparts, have been conducting research in the areas of brain science, gene editing, and the creation of artificial genomes. Similar research could be used to enhance the performance of Chinese soldiers. BGI Group, formerly Beijing Genomics Institute, is the leader of the Communist Chinese Party's Genome Project, as well as one of the leading producers of COVID-19 tests. BGI also has ties to China's People's Liberation Army, the PLA. BGI operates the largest pig cloning project on Earth. After manipulating generations of pig DNA, intentionally producing pigs that are smaller or larger, more susceptible to certain diseases or less susceptible to others. The CCP is zeroing in on the ability to produce super soldiers. Among the projects currently underway is their attempt to make China's Han ethnic soldiers less susceptible to altitude sickness. 
You can't make this stuff up, folks. You can't. It's all over the place. So let's come back home. Let's talk about Fauci world. Let's talk about vaccine, Fauci vaccine world. Let's talk about, let's say, the FDA and documentation on Moderna's vaccine approval. Well, guess what? That document, it's been removed from the FDA website. An FDA document explaining why the agency approved Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine was just quietly, mysteriously removed from the agency's website. It's called the Summary Basis for Regulatory Action. It offered more details about how those FDA regulators reached the approval decision and included references to an unpublished analysis that found the rates of post-vax heart inflammation were higher than any U.S. agency had discovered before. Well, they may have discovered it, but they didn't report it. After the document was reviewed and subsequent questions were sent to the FDA, the document was pulled from the website. We're aware of the issue, hope to have the document reposted as soon as possible. That's what an FDA spokesman said. Reach by phone and ask for more details about it all, the spokesperson said, I reached out to the website people. I don't really have any more information to tell you. So why would they even pull a document down that it's been circulated already and it was including in that application so it's it's a matter of public record. Why would they pull it? There's only one reason why. There's something in it, the original one, that they wanted nobody to see. And probably somebody put it up and they put it up without authority from whoever higher than them has to tell them what to put up and what not to put up. And when it became public, it was like, OMG, get that thing pulled down. We got to change something. Don't know that. But I'm open to hearing what your opinion would be of another purpose, if you think there would be one. So yesterday, something very dramatic and very unusual in the world of Heavyweight dollars and cents happened. You know the name Peter Thiel? T-H-I-E-L. Peter Thiel. He's the billionaire investor that he was co-founder of PayPal. And you know PayPal now belongs to Meta or the old Facebook. And Peter Thiel was a longtime board member of Facebook, formerly now Meta. He plans to step down. Thiel would rather support, I love this, somebody coming out of Facebook, big tech, Google, Amazon, Facebook, Twitter, all of them. Somebody out of bed, big tech. Peter Thiel says he would support Trump-friendly Republican Senate candidates in the upcoming election. So in other words, he wants to leave big tech and go start working on processes to get our Congress squared away. He's 54 years old. He's a German businessman. He's going to step down from the board after 17 years of working side by side with Mark Zuckerberg. And he said he'll remain in his position until the 2022 annual shareholder meeting. This was reported first in Politico, which is a shock. According to their story, Thiel will focus on supporting candidates aligned with former President Trump 
and his agenda. This was an early backer, Theo was, of Donald Trump and his presidential campaign. He donated $1.5 million to pro-Trump political action committee and spoke at the RNC, the Republican National Convention. This year, he would be focused on helping Blake Masters, who is running for the U.S. Senate in Arizona, and J.D. Vance in Ohio, both Republicans. It's even mentioned that he will support Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who is seeking re-election next year, with whom, according to Politico, he met privately. In addition, the media mentions that Thiel donated 20 mil in total to political action committees that separately support J.D. Vance and Blake Masters. According to Forbes magazine, Thiel has an estimated net worth of $2.6 billion with a B. He's been on Facebook slash Meta's board since 05, when Facebook was just a small startup spreading across college campuses, being one of its largest outside investors. That year, Zuckerberg changed the company's name from thefacebook.com to Facebook. And the rest, of course, is history. So did you hear what happened late yesterday, after most of the news stories were done for the day? Big news came out of the Pentagon. Testimony from military leaders in the Pentagon. Testimony about the weeks leading up to Kabul's fall and the United States military pulling out of Afghanistan and all the chaos and the death that have happened since. So responding to testimony from those military leaders, um, Jen Psaki said planning for an evacuation had started months before under the guidance of the military and Joe Biden's national security advisor. Earlier in the summer, we pre-positioned U.S. forces to be ready to facilitate an evacuation if needed of our embassy there. Jen Psaki said this yesterday. That is fact in terms of what was planned, what was done at the time, and that in advance of that, they required months of planning with contingencies planned for. Now, this all came through, according to Psaki, the national security team and through the military team. She also insisted that the Afghan forces fell with a speed no one could have predicted. If somebody had asked Dan his opinion, I would have said, don't you dare trust those Afghan military members, the normal military members. Don't even trust that they're going to stand up against the Taliban and or ISIS. But Jen Psaki said, no one could have predicted that. There wasn't an anticipation the Afghan National Security Forces would fall as they did or as quickly as they did, Saki said. That was not anticipated by anyone. So the Army did launch an investigation following the August 26 suicide bombing outside the Hamid Karzai International Airport that killed an estimated 170 Afghan civilians and 13 U.S. service members. In interviews, U.S. military commanders said Biden's top national security and State Department advisors, they resisted pressure to move quickly, endangering lives. The Washington Post got a report through the Freedom of Information Act request. One account suggested that Biden's national security team 
were unwilling to speed the U.S. evacuation from Afghanistan, fearing that a hasty withdrawal could prompt political reprisals. Think about it. Why do anything? Why do even the right thing, the most logical thing, if it goes against your political problems that you anticipate might happen? After all, we're just talking about uh, 170 Afghans' lives and only 13 U.S. military members. Ah, it's worth it. Let's just do our thing. Another interview detailed how one top military official was trying to get the ambassador to see the security threat for what it really was. As the smaller districts began toppling to the Taliban, the embassy needed to position for withdrawal, and the ambassador didn't get it. The report proves the willingness of senior diplomats and Biden's closest aides to even listen to the military at a critical time in the drawdown. This is just another Bidenism, another reason why this man does not need to be president of the United States. When Saki was grilled about this, she said the president's advisors were meeting regularly to discuss security in Kabul as the U.S. prepared to leave the country and that measures were in place to gauge the risk. We were pressing our system hard on whether we were meeting previously established tripwires that would require us to adjust operations at Embassy Kabul, she said. Jake Sullivan, Jake Sullivan, National Security Advisor, he's the one that orchestrated this whole thing. Can you think of another thing in the past, our past, our military past, where the name Jake Sullivan comes Jake's name comes up in conversation when you talk about it. Can you think of one? How about Benghazi? He was the guy, the Benghazi guy. He was Hillary Clinton when she was Secretary of State, Hillary's right-hand man. And he's the one that orchestrated what happened in Benghazi. And also, by the way, what didn't happen. That's a wrap on Hump Day, folks. Thanks so much for being here every day. Listen, we're going to be back tomorrow and Friday. And as we said, TNN Live goes on the road from Nashville next Monday and Tuesday. We'll be back with you. And we may, just may, have a surprise guest or two. Enjoy your day. Be positive. And be thankful. Give some thanks.
Love endures his love.